Welcome to the Creators Toolbox Podcast, a place where creatives sharpen creatives. From interviews, thoughts, ideas, and tips, all to instill confidence in ourselves and our craft. And now for your host, Charlie Blevins. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Creators Toolbox. My name is Charlie Blevins, and this is Season 1, Episode 1. History has been made. We are finally here. We've been thinking about this day for so long, and it's here. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. And so today, our talk will be around the topic of a side hustle. And I thought that there was no one better that I would rather have in this segment, and his name is Adam Williamson. Now, Adam is a nut when it comes to his um, videography, that just the way that um, he sees things and just his creative um, ideas that you could really just see his work come to life, um, just in the way that he um, cuts um, when it comes to cutting frames and when it comes to um, his angles and just the way that um, he gets inspired from ideas after ideas after ideas, you can see it being produced in his work because every time that you see his work, there's always something new. And I thought that was fantastic because a lot of the things that he's done, um, from what I've seen, like he was able to do this kind of, you know, high quality work in addition to working a full-time job. And so our topic is all about, you know, starting a side hustle. Now we're not going to be going through all the, the, you know, the tips and the tricks or whatever it may be, but if anything, it's more of a conversation with Adam Williamson and just learning about what worked for him, what didn't work. And just, th- you know, for us to kind of gleam, gleam into um, the challenges that, that he went through that I know that many of us who started a side hustle can relate to. And for those who are thinking about it, um, these are the, the, the kind of lessons and stories and dot points that we could remember. So that way, when we take that step of faith and be like, you know, I'm going to push into it, then we could remember some of these things. Be like, all right, I'm so glad I, I listened to that part because it saved me a lot of heartache. So this one is for you. So let's tune in. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Creators Toolbox podcast. This is episode one. And um, this is amazing. This is a milestone. And, you know, for those who have been along with the journey, especially in the beginning stages, that you know that this platform isn't just for photographers. This isn't just for videographers or um, graphic designers or, or whatever it may be like this is literally just for everyone and anyone um, just to continue to explore in our creative areas now as I said this is episode one and we have the honor of having Adam Williamson here with us how are you doing Adam I'm good Charlie how are you doing it's an good. honor to be here <laughs> the first one. thank you for having me so good and I'm pretty sure that you lost sleep over this just as much as I did that you know we're definitely <laughs> stoked and so Adam thanks so much for joining us today and when it comes to our topic our topic for this episode is called side hustling but um as you and I just you know had a chat a couple days ago that even though you know it was a side hustle this was what we were planning before it's not the case anymore because for you it was once upon a time a side hustle but it is becoming a reality that it's becoming your full-time gig yeah, basically this week. It was a very new development. I had a few conversations with my fiance, and um, yeah, so I'm as of this week, I'm pretty much leaving my full time job to make my side hustle my reality. So it's all pretty exciting, but also very nerve wracking times. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, man. Well, I mean, we cannot wait just to unpack that, um, you know, a bit more later on in the segment. But to begin with, tell us a little bit about yourself. So, yeah, I, um, I actually got into the videography game through, um, I originally was in the 3D visual effects industry. I studied uh, 3D at the Academy of Interactive Entertainment over in Glebe. Shout out to that place. It was awesome. Um, but yeah, I did traditional film studies there as part of it. And when I actually got working in the 3D industry, I worked at Animal Logic on a few uh, big kind of films, which was pretty cool as my introduction to the industry. There was Harry Potter and stuff in there. Um, wow. Yeah, while I was kind of doing that, I just re started missing all the film stuff that I got to do as part of my studies. And yeah, I made the choice after two years to leave. And um, I was lucky enough to have made a really good friend there, uh, Patrick Mazzolo. He yep. um, owned sort of production company at that point in time and was making short films and content. So I, yeah, I kind of partnered up with him and we've just been doing stuff ever since. And yeah, I've just been going full out with video and photography ever since. Good on you. And so even just to take a step back, like what made you want to do videography and to begin with? So I think for me, um, even from a kid, I was always just interested. I was just so um, interested in just visual things. My brother was always reading books in the room and I was always drawing from <laughs> coloring in books and all sorts of stuff. But um, I've always been a massive fan of movies. It was always the treat on sick days from school that we'd always get to hire out a movie. And I just had this massive passion for making movies and telling stories and all sorts of stuff. So it was just kind of a, I guess it was just a always going to be a natural progression that I was going to, I, I always was so opinionated about how movies <laughs> should be made that <laughs> I, yeah. Um, yeah, it was just a natural progression that I'd sort of go into that sort of field. So um, yeah, I've just always been in love with visual storytelling, no matter whether it's comic books or film or yeah, it was probably always just going to happen. Oh, so good. So I like what you said. It's, it seems like it was just a matter of time before all the it, things that you had as a kid growing up. And then all of a sudden it just kind of unfolded more and more and more. Yeah, it's just more of an adult version of it now, though. I'm sure yeah. if you talk to my fiance, she still thinks I'm a bit of a child. So, <laughs> and your fiance, her name is Kali. Yes. There you go. And is she a photographer and videographer in any capacity? Um, well, she won't say that she is, but every time she picks up my camera and tries to reverse it and take a photo of me, she's got a really good eye for things. So I think she kind of missed a calling, but she's actually an architect. <laughs> so she, um, she definitely deals in visual languages and stuff as well. She just does it on a scale that affects our safety if it's not done properly. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so she's there. Has a safety blanket. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Well, look. You know, as we said before, you know, our topic today is, is all about side hustling. And before we even move on to the transition from your side hustle becoming your main hustle, I mean, let's explore that just a little bit more. And so, because, you know, as creatives, um, especially, you know, for myself, thinking about photography and, you know, there's like this inkling in all of us to really want to explore. Like, you know, I've been doing this for quite a while, but I want to make the time worthwhile too, of not only just the satisfaction, like I took a great photo or when you take a great video clip, but we also want to value the time that we, you know, we do our craft and actually think about how we can make a side income to come in. So like, what were some of the steps that, that you personally did that, you know, you said that I'm going to take these steps and it's going to help me with my side hustling game. Yeah, so I think I sort of just had to, um, it helps my brother as a business coach. So I was like every month checking in with him to sort of oh, set lucky. the goals and plans and stuff. Yeah, so that, yeah. that's always very helpful to have. But it was just kind of keeping those milestones in check. Like I knew that um, like 
uh, Colleen and I always wanted to buy a house together. So I knew that to get a mortgage, it's a lot easier to apply for a mortgage when you have a full-time position and all that sort of stuff. So yeah. we sort of had those milestones in place where, okay, I need to do this to the point where we have a house, check yes. that milestone. Cool. We've got the house. Um, and now we want to get married next year. So I should probably stay in there for a bit longer to keep the, so we can pay for the, the wedding and all that sort of stuff. Um, and it was also great because during that time I was still, I'm, I was working full time as a videographer and photographer as well. So yeah. I was able to just hone my craft and the place that um, I was working at, um, it, it was fantastic because I actually really got used to how to deal with clients as well. Yeah. It really sort of showed me that side that I hadn't had a lot of experience with. I'd, yeah. I'd always been involved in making the videos and all that sort of stuff. But from a business point of view, that was kind of lacking. So it was really great to see, you know, just how to quote clients properly and how to manage their expectations and kind of meet right. their target deadlines and all that sort of stuff. So it was, for me, it was kind of using, like using the job to, do what it needed to do. But I, I was sort of always transparent with them the whole time as well, that my end goal was always to run my own business one day. I've always yeah. wanted to be my own boss and all that sort of stuff. So eventually, yeah, just using every bit that I could and take as much as I could from the experience, but then yep. always taking that and transferring it into my business model and kind of nicely having the full-time job there as the safety net if anything was to go wrong but it was always yeah. like okay how can i take this what i'm learning from these guys who have been doing it for so long now and running a successful business for so long and yep. then how do i apply that into my business and start building up um, oh there you go so eventually the point that i'm into now where yeah hopefully <laughs> it works out <laughs> that's, that's a nervous laugh there for me <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's the key word, hopefully that, you know, I think that's kind of like the, the backbone of most, you know, most folks who kind of go into the side hustling aspect is that we can Absolutely. really just hope for the best in that aspect. And so we're kind of diving into the es essential tools segment of the podcast that was there like, so as you, you know, you, you briefly kind of touched on it by saying that you had to apply a couple of things in your business models and like think about the practical changes that you had to make into habits. And so, you know, you went into it as a videographer, but when it comes to the business side of things, was that something that you naturally already knew? Or as I think you briefly said it too, that you kind of grabbed wisdom from those, from those before you of just like, yeah. yeah. So can you mind unpacking that a bit more? Like what were some of the practical changes that actually helped you to actually grow? Um, to be, um, yeah. yeah, I think one of the, biggest things so from the business point of view handling finances I've I'll be honest with you I've never been good with that yeah. <laughs> so just um yeah as the sort of business went on I yeah you just sort of see how these people in good business handle their finances and juggle monthly budgets and all that sort of stuff and it wasn't until I started uh, taking my business a lot more serious that I started finding the need to address a lot of those things. So, you know, learning how to use Excel properly and do monthly spreadsheets and all that sort of stuff and keep track of incoming costs versus outgoing costs and all that sort of stuff. But even I think the biggest essential toolkit in my arsenal was just getting over the fears and doubts, those yeah. things that just I haven't had much experience in and just kind of not being afraid to tackle them. I think that was just the hugest part of 
really all my life because I've sort of yeah. gone through so many steps to get to where I am from being a 3D animator, 3D modeler into being a photographer and a videographer. Yes. Um, you know, you're always working with people who have, they went to genuine film schools to just study film. And then when you get out, you're like, oh, I actually studied like a completely <laughs> different thing that yep. um, it's, it's relevant, but it's not like in the prestige of what you're doing. Why am I good enough to be working with you guys? And yeah, yeah. for me, it was just tackling those fears head on was probably the biggest tool, thing in my toolkit just to, okay. to get to where I am now. So understanding finances, budgeting, <laughs> uh, yeah, all that sort yeah. of stuff. So is there anything that like, is there like a software or an app or something that, that helps you with the finance aspect? So I'm sure there is, but I actually just got very crafty in Excel. I tried to find a few templates and things like that that I could use, but yeah. I actually found that I, I got very daunted hmm. by those things. They tend to get, yeah, pretty scary if you get like an accountant who's made yeah. a template for <laughs> all these things and you're kind of looking at it going, I have no idea what any of that means. So I kind of just stripped it all apart and just thought what to at this point in time and i'm having to readjust that now that i'm looking at running my this being my business full-time now there's things that you got to understand about still paying back hex debts and paying yourself tax and super yeah. and all that sort of stuff so i have to rejuggle that now so it's a whole other thing but um yeah just sort of like my my Excel spreadsheets every year just kind of get more and more in depth as I just find that I need those extra lines in yeah. there to cover a different kind of expense or anything like that. But it's just, I, I just started off from the very simple thing, which is like, I need to be able to track invoice numbers and <laughs> I need to know how much money is coming in and how much go money is going out. Yeah. Yay, I learned about equations. Cool. <laughs> that's something sorted and then it just started growing from there so if you look at my spreadsheets from when i first started to now they're just crazy but yeah it's all just in google spreadsheets really i try and keep things pretty simple otherwise it'll just scare me off <laughs> there you go and i love that the key words of just keeping it simple and i think like maybe um i don't know if for you is that the temptation is like i suppose when you jump into a side hustle or when you jump into the full-time gig you want to overcomplicate things in a sense because you're like, oh, I feel like I need this. I need this. What is that photographer doing? I need to do this. And all of a sudden you have all this resource. It's almost as if those multiple resources become a barrier between, you know, like who you are and, and what you need to do. And so I Absolutely. think that's, I think that's great that, you know, you kept to what you knew, like what you've always like known, but you've not only just continued it, but you've grown deeper in it by, um, yeah, as when it comes to just kind of keeping a lot more in detail. It, absolutely and like the more things you add if you're paying for extra programs to handle this sort of stuff like myob or any of those accounting programs i that's just more company expense that you have to factor in down the line yeah. as well when when you're starting off it, you've already especially in the videography and photography game i'm sure you understand this more than anybody it's a very expensive thing to invest in from the get-go so yeah, yeah, you want to keep your cost down as much as possible because when you're upgrading that gear all the time and it, it gets very expensive very quickly. So yeah. my fiance is constantly holding me back from buying new cameras <laughs> and new lights and whatever because she's like, we have bills to pay now, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not a cost. It's a, it's an investment. <laughs> you know, just exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's it. Now, I, I want to unpack something just a little bit more like, I mean, because, you know, thinking about the listeners as well, that when it comes to side hustling, the fear, the fear aspect of just 
not only just taking a step out of your comfort zone, but it's the gradual steps that you take one by one by one. And it's almost as if there's a different fear in every step because you're learning more. But at the same time, if you have some fears that you've had, even within the comfort zone, it seems like with those steps that you take, the fears itself actually increase and actually grow more and more and more. And eventually it's almost like we have to face these fears or we turn around and go back into our comfort zones. Now, Absolutely. some of the fears yeah. that some of the fears that you've like, do you mind kind of maybe expounding a bit more on maybe some of the fears that you've actually personally experienced um, when you first stepped out and said, you know what, I'm going to start this side, side hustle. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think the way you've worded it is perfect. The way that you find that your fears almost keep growing um, as your fears keep growing, when you overcome them, you then start to grow, which is what I find. I always use the analogy of sort of Harry Potter. He, he In those movies, he always just happens to in that movie, learn the spell that he needs at the mm. end of the movie to conquer the bad guy or whatever. And essentially it's the same sort of thing. Like as, as you find those fears as you go on, when you learn to conquer it, you've just got so much better as an artist by doing so. Um, yeah. So I think when I, I first started, a lot of my fears just came from, like I was saying before, my, my inexperience within the industry. You know, I came out and I was competing against these guys who studied at afters and all the film schools around Australia. And they'd been working with some of the best DOPs and cinematographers around. And yeah. I came from uh, more of a line of the 3D type of thing. And even though when you're setting up cameras in 3D and lighting and all that sort of stuff, it's exactly the same concepts and principles that you use in traditional cinematography. Yep. I just hadn't had the experience that they had. So I doubted myself a lot when I first started yeah. um, as a result of that. And even, was it, even was it because recently, you were, you were comparing yourself to them? A hundred percent. And it's something I still do these days, which is really not a healthy thing to do. I think the best way to look at any sort of competition or anyone else who's working in the industry is not to see them as competition, but just mm. as inspiration. Just oh, look at the things that. they're doing and kind of just lighting setups and camera techniques and lensing and everything. Just see what they're doing and just use it to inspire you, not to scare you off because a uh, I just have this thing about fears where if you don't address them head on and yeah. let them kind of build up inside you, they have a way of kind of building up on top of each other and compiling. And once that yeah. happens, it almost blocks the creative pathways for you. And you just notice that your productivity and creativity just get shut down. So if you can address them as, as early as possible, it kind of just keeps everything moving outward and you just keep growing as a person. So, yeah. um, yeah, so uh, so it was that, my lack of experience. Definitely technology is something that I've always uh, been afraid of. Um, yeah. I, even recently, I signed, uh, I became a member of the Australian Cinematography Society. So Amazing. I'm kind of, um, yeah, it, it's been just one of the most incredible things. I'm working with guys who are doing massive Hollywood films and I'm nowhere near on that level, but you just, we, we do drop-ins, not so much now because of COVID, but uh, we did, monthly drop-ins where yep. we all kind of get together and they'll have a guest speaker talking about a project that they've been working on recently um, from all different aspects of the film industry and it's just you learn so much but uh, yeah. question time was always a, a thing for me that I always kind of became that kid in the corner who was just <laughs> hiding down because the the 
questions regarding technology from some of these top tier cinematographers just blew my mind. That's just terminology that I never heard, but what I also did, yep. and it's how, how I've tried to address that, that toolkit of beating the fear yep. is basically as we were sitting there and they were asking these things, as soon as I heard a term or anything that I wasn't aware of or some sort of abbreviation or acronym, I would write it down on my phone and on the train yeah. trip home from those meetings, I was already Googling, trying to just find out what these things are. It, uh, just so the fear of not knowing and feeling like I was knew so much less than them. It, it just didn't stop me from kind of learning and doing what I needed to do. Um, yeah. And that, yeah, so I just sort of tackle it like that. They're, they're working with these $70,000 cameras. My clients tend to not have those kind of budgets, but <laughs> yeah, if, if you like have a fear of using a camera, all the rental places in Sydney are so, are so understanding with all that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, if, if you can't, if it's too expensive to hire out for a day, most of them, if you talk to them and ask to come in just to use a camera for half an hour, they'll be more than happy for you to do so. Cause by doing yeah. that, they'll probably get business out of you down the line when you want to hire it out to use it for a client. So yeah. um, I've, I just always try and do things like that. If I'm afraid of it, I just try and get on top of it as soon as possible. So it just doesn't block me anymore. Yep. Great. So good. And I mean, just to back, back up just a little bit, um, yeah, of course. you know, when you first joined that, that organization, like it, it like it, it feels like you, did you have to change Like, it's almost like you had to change your environment of just the, you know, the different people that you connect with. And so like, yeah. yeah. So maybe, can you maybe explain that and maybe share the importance of maybe the importance of the networking aspect when it comes yeah, to so, the hustle? So the way I actually got into the ACS was, um, cause in my full-time role, I'm, I was hired as a videographer. And so I always saw that as a, I don't want to say a less useful version of a cinematographer, but just not, with the prestige that comes with being a cinematographer. I never thought of myself as that. I always just thought, oh, I'm a videographer because I don't have the experience in those top tier, you know, Arri Alexa cameras and all that sort of stuff. But um, yeah. I actually, I had the amazing opportunity to work with uh, Peter DeVries, who's, uh, he's done cinematography for David Attenborough and, National Geographic and BBC wow. and all sorts of things. And he's amazing. If anyone is, in videography or cinematography and you want to learn some stuff, go talk to Pete. Um, he runs workshops and all sorts of stuff. Um, but he actually ran it out of the ACS headquarters. And while I was there, I was just geeking out massively because in the ACS headquarters, they've got just some of the oldest film cameras in Australia just on display in like their museum. And uh, it was just incredible. You can't, yeah. if you're a cinematographer, you just can't help but be inspired as soon as you walk into that place. And after I did my training with him, he, um, yeah, he basically said, look, if I, if you want me to um, recommend you, cause you have to have a recommendation and have someone represent you to get in there, I'd be more than happy to do it because like you are a working cinematographer and that's mm. kind of the criteria that you need. And it was interesting because before that point, I just didn't consider myself to be on that anywhere near that kind of level to get into that sort of place. But yeah, it was just choosing to do that training and yeah. having that connection with Pete that just kind of opened that massive door to me. And that's what it's all about. Just making yeah. these connections and just making the most of them and just, yeah. Utilizing every experience. It, yeah. So good. Like, yeah, thanks for that, Adam. And, and I think that just goes to show the importance of, you know, when it comes to bridges and just how we connect with one another, that even though we don't know what's on the other side of those bridges, but it's just important of just laying your ground and 
kind of just trusting that the bridge could lead to some possibility and some of them will kind of be Absolutely. smaller ones than other ones but as you've just you know beautifully said that it just not only just you know let out this beautiful view of just what could be but um it kind of set the path of just the direction that of where you're going right now a hundred percent yeah and it's those experiences that kind of boost your confidence as well and kind of push you to want to get to that next level because then when you're mixing and mingling with these guys who are just doing such incredible things you can't help but just want to to get to that level and yep. get to that elite level so once i yeah once i became a member of the ACS, my, I just wanted to just learn and learn and learn. And I just tried to push myself as much as possible. Yeah. So good. So just to briefly recap, like, so when it comes to the side hustling aspect, like we talked a little bit about fear that I liked what you said that, you know, don't be intimidated by fear, but if anything, you should step out and, you know, go head on with fear. And yeah. of course, you know, you know, when it comes to comparing ourselves to others, that don't let that be intimidation, but anything that should be inspiration um, for us to grow better and better. And instead of like an individual, individual, uh, ah, I can't even say that word to be individualistic perspective. There you go. I got it. Third, third, third time's a charm. Um, that instead of just being a one man boat on a one man Island of just kind of doing things on your own, it's just so important just to have a network with you and to build the bridges in the early stages and even later on as well, but just to see how things unfold more and more and more. Um, was there anything in addition that you would want to add to that? I mean, to help those who are, you know, thinking about stepping out inside hustling, like to start out their own thing. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, to go along with the, with all the fears and stuff that come along with it. I think it's just about building your, your confidence and focusing on the right things and not letting, for instance, the technology thing, because I hadn't had experienced those higher end cameras and all that sort of stuff. I, I used to let that bog me down and think, oh, I'm never going to get to the point of being like these guys because they have exposure to using so many cameras and I don't. Um, yep. I think those sorts of things can really get in your way. But if you find those opportunities, like I said, go to a rental place and learn to use them. Um, actually, when I was working with Pete in my training, I, he kind of seemed a little bit, um, a little bit confused as to when he asked, I had, it was sort of private training with him and he said, we can just tailor this course to do whatever you want to do. We can go out <laughs> and film things. We can do all this sort of stuff. And I was like, Oh, I'd really just kind of like you to show me, through he had a i think he had a um fs7 a sony fs7 with him yep. and i was like oh, i'd really love you to just you know take me through the camera and show me what all the settings do and whatever and he yeah. had this really confused look on his face where he was like oh okay you know i could show you you know things about lighting or we could go out and do a test shoot like we're filming for a documentary or something i was like oh yeah absolutely i'd love to do that but i'd really love to just know how to use the camera and it was just now that i've sort of got a bit more experience using those higher end cameras and all that sort of stuff um i could see where his confusion was coming from at the fact that i was so caught up in the technology of it rather than learning how to do just the essential stuff in me that is needed mm. to be used to be a good cinematographer like yeah. learning angles and framing and all that sort of stuff because when it comes to cameras they all pretty much do the same thing in the yeah. end of the day they all have the same settings some are a bit more convoluted than others some have better sensors than others some handle some things better low light whatever but in the, in the end of the day they all do the same thing and it's the user that really determines how good something's going to look it. at 
at the end, it, it'll just capture whatever you've set up in terms of lighting and lensing and whatever. So it's just there to capture it. It's up to you to make whatever's in the frame look beautiful. And so yeah. that's definitely something that don't let you having a worse camera than somebody else deter yeah. you from pushing yourself harder because I've seen cinematographers use the crappiest cameras in the world and make beautiful things with them. So yeah, that's definitely one thing. Don't let technology hinder you from yeah. advancing yourself because it definitely has nothing to do with creating great images. Yeah. And I think too, one of a massive thing for me is always having personal projects and passions to work on. Um, it's just the nature of the business. You, when you tell people you're a cinematographer or a videographer, they always think you're making amazing short films or you know hollywood blockbusters but you know to pay the bills you have to you you could be doing corporate gigs or you could be doing you know whatever sometimes it can drain you a little bit and you sort of lose your way and lose that passion for it so i've always yeah. found that having those your creative ideas on the side to collaborate with other creative artists and yeah. you know if i for instance, I do a lot of dance films and that's just because I made friends with a lot of dancers over <laughs> the years and um, they, they all want projects done. And um, yeah, we just make these amazing collaborations together. And it's great because I get a chance to experiment with different sorts of lighting that I definitely don't get the chance to do when I'm yeah. doing, you know, more corporate videos. You can't have Larry colors and all sorts of flashing fog and haze <laughs> and all sorts of stuff when you're doing a corporate interview. But um, it's amazing how much more you learn from doing those sorts of gigs because you get to just try out all the things you've always wanted yeah. to do. So and it's it those personal. Into, it could pour into other projects as well. Think about that works oh. well here. That could go here. It, Exactly, a hundred percent. And yeah, I think the the last additional tool that I would say to go along with that is just living and breathing what you do to yes. keep that passion going. I I see so many people who get so annoyed by social media and just oh, I see my friends just posting all these annoying things and whatever. And to me, it's just you haven't curated your social media properly. Like mm. when I go on Instagram and I go through my feed. There's a few friends on there, but mostly it's just some of the best cinematographers and photographers from around the world showing these insane behind the scenes shots of how they've set up their lighting setups and how they use their cameras and why they use, use the lenses and camera choices they did. Yeah. And you just can't help to be inspired and want to experiment doing the same types of stuff that they've done. Yeah. And I have this massive list of test shoots that I want to do now and like just a not, a, not enough yeah. time to fit it all in and it's yep. just yeah I don't understand how people can get so angry by it you just have to make it work for you and just every time I go on Instagram I've got five more shoots that I want to do <laughs> as a result <laughs> of it kind of so, yeah I think you just have to live and breathe it and just be inspired every day just to want to be a better artist that's great it, it seems like the common thread from the beginning of our chat up to this point like it seems like the key word would be to be inspired that it's almost like, you know, when it comes to our fears, when it comes to collaborations, when it comes to our work, um, you know, to be inspired, like think about what does that mean? That it, it's an inner challenge of, for you to, to grow and to flourish and to experiment and to continue to push the boundaries more and more and more. And then all of a sudden, when you get to that point where it's just like, when you're like able just to take a breath and look back and it's like, wow, I made a lot of progress over that time. And I think like, yeah. um, and just to throw in one more point is that, I mean, speaking to those who have never even stepped out into their side hustle, um, I know often that when it comes to 
our thoughts of, you know, but what, what's going to make my videography different than anyone else's? What's going to make my photography any different than anyone else's? Or what's going to make, you know, my, you know, as a singing career, what, what, what's my voice going to be different than anyone else, right? But I think like the biggest challenge is that, um, you know, we have one of our contributors, his name is Michael Catabay, and he wrote this beautiful blog post that we'll share later on. And one of the points that he made is that there, you know, there's only one you. And that means that the way that we see things, you know, it's a, it's a perfect illustration that, you, you know, you take four kids at Disneyland and then they come out and then you ask each kid, so how was Disneyland? And each of those kids are going to say something entirely different from their experiences. But funny enough, they, they all went to the same places. They probably all saw the same things, but yeah. what stood out to them the most, you know, it's going to be different. And the way they articulate it, it's going to be different. And I think that's really important as side hustlers as well, is that when you take that first step outside of your comfort zone, or if it's not your first, those couple steps, we need that constant reminder to say that, um, look, you know, this is my view. This is my perspective. This, you know, I'm able to bring something that others can't because there's only one me in this. And in saying that, we can't just depend on our uniqueness, you know, to pull us through, you know, from side hustle to full time. Um, yeah. Cause that's not enough. That's not enough. Exactly. As you've heard from Adam um, that, you know, there's a lot of other hats that you need to pick up along the way, such as the networking and the, and the business side of it and learning the finances about, you know, how to be a good steward with the things that come in and what goes out. Yeah. Um, there's so many different variables in there. And so just with the, the with the concluding notes and when it comes to the additional, uh, additional tools for the toolbox, as we said in the very beginning, um, that you've switched from being, for this to be a side hustle and you know and as of this week that you made it into a full-time gig if you could kind of briefly share how that process was like for you and yeah and so and i think even if you have any words of encouragement for those who are side hustling right now but they're just scared to to drop their full-time job especially during these crazy times Sorry, that's oh. a big question. So I'll no, no, no. Give you the damn floor. <laughs> it's all so relevant too, because that was one of my things. I was, um, but my brother, being my business coach, he always said that the the point of transition would always be a very clear one. Um, and basically, it was that I started to notice it when obviously I was getting uh, how I used to run my business was work the full time job during the day, and then if I'd shot anything for clients on weekends or after hours, I would usually then spend, you know, to the wee hours of the morning doing video edits and photography grading and all sorts of stuff to yeah. like 12, 1 a.m., and then go back to the full time job. And it was very tiring and very taxing. And um, it, it just got to the point recently where so much was just coming in that I, I, I just had to make that call about, you know, I, I I feel like I'm not giving, I can't give myself to my clients as much as I want to um, and focus on their work as much as I can. So something's mm. got to give here. And I, I just remembered those words from my brother about at, you'll just recognize the point, uh, the jumping off point. And yeah. that's what I just sort of saw recently that I, I just wanted, I had this big passion that I just wanted to give everything to my clients. And that yeah. I, I just, kind of had this feeling that I think I can make this work um, based off this kind of momentum that's building. And, um, but like you said, it is such an insane time right now. We could go back into lockdown, you know, if, if people aren't <laughs> careful, we could go back into lockdown again and, you know, then I'll really regret not having a full-time job <laughs> if I can't, if people aren't willing to, you know, still yeah. do shoots and whatever. But you also, I don't think can 
be again the fear thing yes i, I don't think he can be afraid of those sorts of things because in the end of the day there, there is a wealth of jobs out there that you can kind of pick up and do it may not even be within the if you if things get really dire and we really need money then I'll pick up another job in something else if I can't get a job as a videographer again, just to yeah. make money for a little bit to get by until the world comes sane again and I can keep going with the side hustle. But I think yeah. it's you're always going to regret the thing, the chances you never, the, the chances you never took. So yep. I just didn't want that to happen. I just saw the momentum happening and I saw everything building. And so I just took the plunge and um, it's obviously, it's been very thought out. I've done all the budget. It's not like I did the triumphant movie moment where I was like, you know what? I quit and just <laughs> walk out without any planning and go, what Flipped do I over do now? tables while you're at it. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's like, it. Done at this place. I, I, yeah, I, I planned it very carefully and sort of worked out the budgets and the finances and sort of said like, okay, based on this amount of work coming in now with this influx, even if nothing comes in for another month, I've got so many, I've got this much of a buffer room to look for more work or find mm. another full-time job in case I need to. But it's just about having those safety nets kind of in place. Yeah. So when you take the jump, you're not just hitting the ground, you're getting caught by them. So That's um, good. yeah, it was, there was a very sort of thought out move. I didn't just, yeah, as much as I wish. <laughs> and, <it means> I <laughs> and I'm sure you thought about it like every week or so that, you know, should I just quit my job yeah. and go into it? And yeah, absolutely. Something. So, and, and to be fair for the full-time employer as well, it's not fair on them if I'm not making them my number one priority for them. It'd be better if they've got someone else coming in who, that's their full-time thing, but yeah. it was just best. I think it was just the best option for both businesses just to, to make the call because yeah. yeah, I just really wanted to make a go of it. And hopefully if we have a chat in a year's time or whatever, I, <laughs> I'm still we'll doing my thing. Doing. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so my advice for people would be don't, obviously I'm still, there's still a lot of fear in me about the, um, about what's to come because yeah. you know anything could happen but at the same time a lot of those fears are being overridden by excitement and just passion to just be doing the jobs that I want to do and finding the clients that I want to work for and all that sort of stuff and the flexibility that comes around that I just yeah I'm just really excited to get into it so just yeah if you so get good. the chance if you notice the signs to take the take the leap i'd I'd say take the leap but just make sure you've got those safety nets in place yeah um, and and don't do it at a dire point in your life <laughs> yeah um, yeah that, that would be go. my advice do and make a calculated jump <laughs> would be my... yeah so i mean you did your homework before you made the wise choices and i i think it's michael michael jordan that said that you miss 100 percent of the shots that you don't take yeah and i think it's just so important that when you do take the steps that you know, that you're being wise in it. Like something I've heard from this, like he's a preacher back in California, his name is Francis Chan. And one of the things that he said is um, that we were, you know, created to do amazing things and that our fear shouldn't actually be that we will fail, but our fear should actually be that we will be succeeding in the wrong things. And yeah, right. when it comes to that, like, you know, you know, then the question comes up, then what are the right things? And I think like just what you've said, you know, or you kind of passively said that inner creative in you, that it keeps kind of, you know, bursting out that you want to, to explore this more. You want to do this more. You're working your full-time gig, but you also want to continue thinking about that list, your wish list of things that you want to explore in creativity. 
Absolutely. So I think when you're listening, you know, to that inner conviction to say that I'm going to do my best and, and, you know, you hope you're not only hoping for the best, but you're making those calculative jumps, not just stupidly yeah. jumping into something and be like, what the heck did I get into? But exactly. Um, yeah. But yeah. So just really succeeding in the things that you can say that I'm so glad I took that risk because otherwise I would have been wondering and guessing uh, throughout this whole time. Absolutely. And I would also say if you're in a relationship, always checking in with your partner before you make yes. any big decisions. <laughs> and all <laughs> the partners partner. are saying, amen. That's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah, family's everything. So if your family's not on board, then it's literally going to be a train wreck, whatever you do. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Adam, thanks so much, you know, for, for your time of just, you know, contributing in the segment of just when it comes to side hustling and I mean, we'll definitely love to invite you back in and just see, see how you are like a month or two months or three months down the track, whenever we could get home again. Um, yeah. Cause it'll be interesting. Cause as we said before that Adam this week just went from a side hustle to a full time transition. Um, so I'm sure that there's a lot to learn from that point too. Absolutely. Got a phone call. <laughs> but, um, that's all right. That's fine. You're a busy man. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, well, Adam, well, thank you so much for your time. And then thank so, you for having yeah. me. It's been so good. <laughs> and for those who want to, you know, learn more about Adam and see what he does, especially with the work, his video work is pretty darn amazing. Uh, we'll put that in the show notes. Um, we'll pop some videos and his website and even his Instagram handle too. So you can pop on and say hi. Amazing. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Well, have a wonderful day. Thank you so much, Adam and everyone have a wonderful week and we'll see each other soon. Thank you for joining us for the Creators Toolbox podcast. We hope that you found the content to be really, really helpful. To stay connected, feel free to join our Facebook community group. That In Facebook, you literally just type in Creators Toolbox and you will find us there. Alternatively, you could find us on Instagram, which is Creators underscore Toolbox. And if, yep, so if you tuned in, please feel free to say hi in the comments or shoot us a DM. All right, have a wonderful day.